the numbers that you have to keep in mind going into UFC 264. The one signifying Conor McGregor's one win in the last four years. And it was over a UFC fighter who is a legend in his own right, but a UFC fighter who a lot of people think is heading down the same road that Chuck Liddell once went down. It's going to take somebody telling Cowboy Cerrone that he can't fight anymore and physically dragging his body out of the octagon to make sure that he doesn't fight anymore. That's who Cowboy Cerrone is. That's Conor McGregor's one win in the last four years. The three represents the three losses that he has in that same span of time. He was mauled by Khabib. He was knocked out by Dustin Poirier the first time in his career that he's ever been knocked out. And he was also outclassed, outshined, outworked, and outmatched in a boxing match against Floyd Mayweather, if you want to consider that one of his fights over the last four years. I think that was the first real big crossover exhibition, and I think that's another reason why Conor McGregor is notorious. I think he started the trend of crossover matchups, as well as introducing people maybe who weren't in the boxing scene to the boxing scene. Conor McGregor made boxing cool again. Saturday night, Conor faces off against Dustin Poirier for the third time and the only other fighter to knock him out in the octagon, and if all goes wrong for the Irishman, if all goes right, first of all, we're talking about a guy who can still compete for a belt in the UFC. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about what if everything goes wrong for Mystic Mac. Potentially the end of the line. Potentially the end of a career. I say the correct option for Conor McGregor if he doesn't end up winning this fight against Dustin Poirier is just to retire. It seems like the realistic option. He's done everything he's wanted to do. He's one of seven fighters in the history of the UFC to hold two belts at the same time in two different weight classes. If there was a Mount Rushmore of faces for the UFC, you bet Conor McGregor would be on that monument. So would Khabib. So would GSP. Maybe Anderson Silva. Maybe you throw an OG up there like Chuck Liddell. I don't know, but you can guarantee yourself that Conor McGregor would be up on that Mount Rushmore. But the question of this Flash episode is what happens if he doesn't win? And I think I need to qualify all of that by saying one of the saddest experiences for sports fans in general is watching legends die. Whether that be in the fight game, whether that be in baseball, football, hockey, racquetball, seeing legends fall, seeing guys retire that you grew up watching, it makes us feel old. It makes us kind of fall into the state of denial. We can't believe that that guy we grew up watching and that guy that really elevated the sport to the next level, whether that be in our hearts or in general, the way I think Conor McGregor still is the face of the fight game despite his record over the last four years. It's tough to see those guys age. 
But there are two things that are guaranteed in life, death and taxes. Mortality is always right around the corner for all of us. That's why we have to do what we have to do today. Because even guys like Mystic Mac, who again at one point was the most unstoppable force in the entire UFC, and he told you as much, and he still went out and fulfilled his promises. That Jose Aldo fight that just lives on in infamy. I don't know if it's the same guy anymore. And so for us, people who really got into the UFC, me included, when Conor McGregor first came around, and I'll admit it, I'm a casual in that regard. I got into the UFC the same time probably a lot of people did, and that's when Conor first came on the scene. I'll be the first to admit it. It would be hard to see him lose this fight because I think the reality is that if he doesn't end up winning against Dustin Poirier, it's over. He's not top 10 pound for pound in the UFC anymore. He's not the same wrecking ball that he used to be. He's not the same force that he used to be. He's accomplished everything that he's ever wanted, and the fact of the matter is he has enough money to ride off into the sunset, and his children's 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 children won't have to worry about working. He made more than any other professional athlete in 2021 by a mile, and I think one of the biggest reasons why he did that is because he is a smart businessman, and I think kind of like Floyd Mayweather, In the boxing game, Conor McGregor also realizes that this game doesn't last forever, and he can't keep going at this pace and losing matchups the way that he did the last time with Dustin Poirier and expect his mind to still be as sharp as it was while he was fighting. The McGregor dynasty is bigger than just MMA, and so when we look at the potential of Conor losing this matchup, and again, you might be saying to yourself, well, he might win it, And maybe I spend 30 minutes talking about something that doesn't even happen. And fair fair enough. But like anybody else in this sport, Father Time is becoming the nemesis of Conor McGregor. And the fact of the matter is that name, that McGregor name, is much bigger than just the sport of MMA. And we've seen what happens to guys who don't stop when they probably should. We've seen what happens to fighters when they fight more than they probably should and they take more beatings than they probably should. This isn't a game. You don't play boxing. You don't play mixed martial arts. Dustin Poirier is favorited to win this match. And if Connor doesn't win it, again, the question today is, and I'll ask you, where does he go? I have three different options. Number one, and the one that I already mentioned, is retire. One of seven double champs in UFC history. Made more money than any UFC fighter in the history of the promotion. Boosted the UFC's rankings to a level that officially marked it as the major leagues of professional fighting. And it's not even close. Was a cultural icon. And all of these things will remain true about Conor McGregor, whether or not he wins this fight or loses this fight. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer tomorrow if he decides to hang it up. So that's option number one is retirement. I don't know how realistic that is. Fighting, unlike a lot of other sports, it's in these guys' blood. They wake up fighting. They go to bed fighting. They live, breathe, and die by the sport. And that's what makes them so good at it. Conor McGregor, like Vincent Van Gogh, he lost his mind to his art. So I don't know. It's not the easy decision for Conor McGregor, but I think the smartest decision in that instance is to just retire. Now, the second option, and one that I think would make a lot of money, 
but one that I don't necessarily see Conor McGregor as pursuing because we don't see him that way. He's becoming a journeyman fighter. Now, in your mind, when you think about UFC, when you think about Conor McGregor, and you think about the belts that he's won, and you think about all the things that he's accomplished in the UFC, do you really think, do you really think for a second that anybody, including Dana White, wants to see Conor McGregor picking up the scraps, fighting number seven or number eight on a random date? I don't see that as being a viable option for Conor McGregor. Regardless of where his athletic abilities are, his athletic accomplishments demand that he makes a certain amount. It demands that he faces the best competition that there is available. As much as I love Jorge Masvidal and what he's been able to accomplish, he is a journeyman's fighter. He will not win a belt in the UFC. As much as I love Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz is one of the biggest reasons why I decided to watch the UFC in the first place. Just a dude who loves to fight from Stockton, California, who gives back to his community and just doesn't care. He's just himself 24-7 and does not care about belts. He doesn't care about the fame or the fashion. He's just a dude. But he will not wear a belt in the UFC, and he doesn't care to wear a belt in the UFC. He cares about his fans and the people that support him. That's what Nate Diaz cares about. Nate Diaz is a journeyman fighter. But when you look at Conor McGregor and what he's accomplished and what he's been able to do in terms of wrapping two different belts around his waist and someone who will go down as one of the best reigning pound-for-pound fighters in the history of the UFC, that's not a journeyman fighter. That's not a guy who just schedules prize fights just for the sake of going out there and fighting. Things have changed. He has a family. Retirement will come eventually. You hope that Conor McGregor comes to his senses and doesn't become one of those guys that just doesn't know when to call it quits. Option number three, Nate Diaz. If you want the biggest possible fight without it being a title shot, if you lose to Dustin Poirier, if you want one last-ditch effort to show everybody why you belong in the promotion and to make sure that your name goes out on top by the time you decide the UFC ain't for me, I'm going to move on and just look out for my family. The one fight you want more than anything else is that fight against Nate Diaz. That was one of the best rivalries in the history of the promotion. That was one of the biggest reasons why I got into the UFC in the first place. And I'm sure it's a big reason, whether that be Diaz-McGregor 1 or Diaz-McGregor 2, why a lot of people decided that the UFC was for them. Two completely different personalities to completely different locations and cultures that these guys came from. In terms of the biggest fight available, and maybe one last exclamation point for a storied career for Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor 3 is the only fight that makes sense if Conor can't come out in this one. On the undercard, I would love to see Jorge Masvidal, Nick Diaz, but that's a separate topic. That is a separate topic altogether. And actually, I guess there are four possible outcomes. So, so far we have retirement. We have Conor McGregor being a journeyman fighter. Option number three is he fights Nate Diaz and puts a stamp on his career, good or bad. This is all assuming he loses to Dustin Poirier. But the fourth option, if he ends up losing to Dustin, 
become an exhibition fighter. Raise your hands in the non-visible audience if you would like to see Conor McGregor end the Jake Paul experiment. Raise your hand in the audience if you'd like to see Conor McGregor take on other people who think they can step in the ring with one of the best UFC strikers of all time. I don't care if it's a boxing ring. Throwing a punch is throwing a punch. I think Anderson Silva also proved that UFC guys can hang in the ring. But we know exactly who Mystic Mac is. We know exactly who Conor McGregor is. He is about making that money. He always has been about making that money. And I think a lot of people ask, well, when is enough enough? I don't know. I don't know when's enough en- when enough is enough. When you make a lot, all of a sudden you want more. It's called becoming power hungry. You get a little bit more, you want a little bit more. You get a little bit more than that, you want a little bit more than that. You get more power, you want to acquire more things. And Conor McGregor has been all about the bottom line, which is making money. And if he were to go into exhibition fights after this Dustin Poirier fight, he's still in good enough shape, and he's still good enough at his craft that he can knock the top off of any other person that wants to get in that ring with him. And he can make it look easy. The reason why I think retirement would be the best option after this fight, again, if McGregor loses. By the way, I have Poirier in round three uh, via technical knockout. I do. I think Dustin Poirier is the more well-seasoned fighter. I think every single time Dustin Poirier steps into the ring, he brings something different to the table. I think he's the more well-rounded fighter right now than Conor McGregor. I think Conor would be more welcomed in the boxing community because I think his boxing skills are outstanding. But in terms of being the most well-rounded mixed martial artist, there are 10, 15 fighters in the UFC that are ahead of Conor McGregor right now. I gave you four options. Now, you're listening to this podcast right now. I I don't know what you're thinking, but I gave you you four options. I think retirement is entirely realistic. I think it's entirely in the cards for Conor McGregor. And listen, it's hard to leave on top. There aren't very many athletes in the world of sports who decide to leave on top, who decide to leave in the prime of their career or in a part of their career where they could still make a huge impact in whatever sport it is. Rare does that happen. Normally it's the other way around. And there are examples of it happening, but normally it's the other way around. And again, this goes for any sport. Once you do something your entire life, it's ingrained in you. It's no longer something you just like to do. It's no longer something you're trying to pursue. It is a part of you. But I say this for the fans of Conor McGregor. If he ends up losing this fight, it's over. And I'm not joking when I say that it's the biggest fight of his career. It is the biggest fight of his career. There is no fight that is bigger than this one. So we have Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier at lightweight. By the way, if Conor wins that fight, I still think he's he could be back in the mix to go win a belt in the lightweight division. I don't see why not. But Conor McGregor, a plus 105 underdog. You also have Stephen Thompson, Gilbert Burns at welterweight. It should be a good card. Sean O'Malley is fighting at bantamweight. That'll probably be an easy fight for him. We've seen the social celebrity that he's turned into overnight. Still a lot of questions as to whether or not he can finish. He's, he's fighting against a fill-in guy. A lot of interesting fights. 
Love to know your opinion on everything that's going on and what your predictions are for UFC 264. I had a plan to bring on uh, one of my friends that I work with, but he didn't have any availability this week, and the fight's coming up on Saturday, so I had to get it. I had to get this up as soon as possible, and I'm glad it's up. And while some of you maybe wanted me to talk about the entire card, listen, I don't have time for that. But I think a lot of people want to know. A lot of people who have gotten into the UFC over the last couple of years, and a lot of those people who have gotten into it because of Conor McGregor, know what exactly is going to happen to the story career if he loses on Saturday, and more importantly, if he loses in embarrassing fashion. I think it's entirely realistic to start considering that retirement is right around the corner for Conor McGregor, and I hope for his legacy that he decides to go that direction. But I also understand the truth behind the fact that sometimes losing in your last match can haunt you. So get into an exhibition and knock Jake Paul's block off. <laughs> By the way, we'll talk about the Paul brothers at a later time. I think they're expert marketers and uh, kind of not sure whether or not they're good or bad for boxing. I think you can make the argument that they're good for boxing. But we'll talk about that more later. Coming up next, Wang's big question of the week. This was something we were pondering about at work. I think there's an easy answer to this question, but... We'll allow you to answer the question at home. But UFC 264, let me know who you're rocking with. You're rocking with Connor. You're rocking with Dustin. Coming up on Saturday, make sure you tune in and watch that fight. And make sure you tune in every week here on the Hanging with Wang podcast. Again, Tuesday is Sports Talk, one hour of the top sports talk from around the world. And then Flash episodes, depending on what happens throughout the week. Segment two coming up next. This is the Hanging with Wang podcast. This episode and every episode of the Hanging with Wang podcast, as always, is brought to you by Frank's Market. Serving the west side of Grand Rapids, only the finest choice to prime meat since World War II. If you're looking for the best meat in town, there's really no other place to go. Again, Frank's Market, you can find them at 1021 West Fulton Street, a west side staple since 1933. This flash episode of the Hanging with Wang podcast is also... Brought to you by the Road to Detroit podcast. Some podcasts talk about some of the top Tigers prospects. We actually talk to the top Tigers prospects and some of the biggest decision makers from in and around the Detroit Tigers system. Make sure you check out the Road to Detroit podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And then the next question becomes, uh, and this is a non-sports question, this was something that I heard at work. And I think the answer to this is pretty obvious, though some people seem to struggle with it for some reason. This is Wang's huge question of the week. So this is a would-you-rather question. I love these questions because they almost seem impossible to answer, right? Either way you look at this question, it's a horrible, horrible scenario to live through. But would you rather, A, fight a chicken who wants to kill you every single time you get into your car, for the rest of your life, or B, would you rather fight a gorilla once a year and you have a sword that you can use against it? The gorilla has no weapons. Listen, after you do something for a certain amount of time, you get pretty good at it. Even if you're terrible at it at first, you will eventually become pretty proficient at doing that thing, 
regardless of what that thing is. Right, if I have to fight this chicken every single day, you guys assume that this chicken has a higher IQ than me. I'm a human. That's a chicken. I will figure out how to F that chicken up, and it won't take that long. And I'll be able to do it every day. I'll have a game plan. I'll make sure I wear my neck padding, my eye padding, my headgear. Now, it will get annoying because I'll forget something in my car at 2 in the morning and go, man, I got to go fight that chicken. I'm going to be running late for work. It's going to be 7.49 in the morning. I work at 8 o'clock. Work is 15 minutes away. And now I realize not only do I have to worry about the S-curve, I have to worry about that chicken. I don't know where they keep coming from. I don't know who's supplying the chicken. It's probably a turnoff to anyone I would date. Like, listen, baby, we're going to go, okay? I know you want to go home and, and relax and watch TV, but realize before you even get in the car, there's this situation I have to take care of first. See, there's, there's this chicken that wants to kill me. Now you look like a schizophrenic. Now there's even more questions. Who's supplying the chickens? Why are they mad at you? But I'm okay with that reality because the other reality is, is that gorilla, if a gorilla wants to kill you, there are certain animals in this world that if they want to kill you, you are going to die. There is no if, ands, or but about it. You get one shot, and if you don't connect on that one shot, you have a meeting with Jesus, and this is constant anxiety. Every single year, you want to be 60 years old in there battling out what, but you think you're going to beat a gorilla? Every year for 59 years? I don't care if you have a sword. You're not a samurai. Come on. You are not beating that gorilla that many times. The only way that I would ever accept that reality is if I got to promote it a little bit. Make a lot of money. Get interviewed. You know, Dateline. Freaking NBC, ESPN. Welcome back to ESPN. We're joined by the gorilla fighter, Nate Wangler. What? What in Sam hell are you thinking fighting a gorilla every single year and you have a sword? And I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I don't know how I got to this point. I don't know how I reached this reality. Uh, It was asked at work once, and now I'm here, and now I have to fight a gorilla with a sword. I mean, you really think, I think gorillas have a higher IQ than chickens do. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure gorillas have a pretty high IQ. I mean, maybe this gorilla takes takes a couple L's. Maybe he gets stabbed in the chest the first time. And then maybe the next time I swipe his eyeball and he runs away. Okay. Well, then that gorilla and all of his gorilla friends get together and they realize, you know what? Look out for the stab. Look out for the swipe. Dodge it. If he gives me one dodge and a counter punch, I'm meeting Jesus. I am, I am fighting that chicken tooth and nail for the rest of my life. And there will be a lot of weird questions, but I'll just have to answer them. Thanks for listening in to this Flash episode. Dustin and Connor coming up on Saturday. And then Zach Candeliche coming up on Monday in our one-on-one interview. And then it's Sports Hour on Tuesday. Big sports guys, tune in. This is the Hanging with Wang podcast.